You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. So make no doubt about it. Jesus loved those on both sides in the stories. Yet Jesus is seeking to help them both, help both sides reclaim their humanity. And that looks very different depending on which side of dehumanizing oppression you're on. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 349, our title of which is Taking Sides, Reclaiming Our Humanity. The Gospel of Matthew tells uh, the story of two sets of of workers. One had worked all day, and the other group showed up at the, the last hour of the day. Both receive the same pay, and but the group that, that worked all day, they become outraged. Their employer's response uh, gives us much to consider. Look at this in Matthew 20, 12 through 16. These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to, to one of them, friend, I, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with, with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The employer in this story takes the side of the group who only worked the last hour or who came for the last part. And this good, this good news, uh, it's good news for those who belong to this last group. It's, it becomes problematic uh, at best for those who felt that they were being treated unfairly. But the employer, remember, he, the employer paid wages not based on how much each worker worked, but on what each worker agreed to initially. And I lead toward interjecting into this story that the employer may have made these arrangements based on how much each worker needed rather than how long they worked. In this culture, if, if one didn't eat, or sorry, if one didn't work, one didn't eat, and a day's wages for those living from day to day made the difference of life and death. Consider the possible implications for us today of a needs-based economy. <clears throat> rather than a a labor-based economy like we have now. In the Gospels, Jesus continually takes the side of those his society was relegating to the the last place. In Jesus' just future, those who are presently last would become first. And didn't Jesus also love those who held a more privileged place in society? I mean, didn't he love those who were first? In Mark's Gospel, Jesus Jesus interacts with a a rich man, and the story states very clearly in Mark 10, 21, Jesus loved him. Yet, nonetheless, in the story, Jesus takes the side of the poor and the last and doesn't diminish the fact at the same time that he also loved those who were not poor, who were not oppressed and not marginalized. Jesus' love for the rich man, though you have to realize it had another dimension to it. it. 
Jesus, yes, loved both sides, but that love looks very differently dependent upon which side of the oppression you're on. Oppression dehumanizes everyone involved. By dehumanizing another, we lose our own humanity. And when we stand up for the humanity of others, we're also reclaiming our own humanity as well, just like we're seeking to reclaim the humanity of those being harmed. Yes, Jesus loved, in Mark, Jesus loved that rich man. And that is why he called him to sell his superfluous possessions and live with Jesus in solidarity with those their society was was doing harm. And that call, it wasn't just about the poor. I mean, it was about the poor. It was primarily about the poor. But it also was about inviting that rich man to reclaim his own humanity too. Jesus was taking the side of the oppressed and he was calling the rich man to do exactly the same. Luke describes uh, Jesus being on the side of the last two. It's not just in Mark, not just in Matthew, but but we find this in in Luke 6. And I want you to consider the contrast that's laid out here in Luke's Sermon on the Plain. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you. Reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Again, that's Luke's. 6, 22 through 26. Jesus's just future, it will bless the poor. That's what it's saying here. Yet the rich will struggle in that transition to a more distributively just society, uh, like they did in the parable in Matthew, uh, and like they did in Mark. They'll feel like a, a radical redistribution of resources is unfair, regardless of how they accrued that wealth. What Luke 6 is telling us that those the the present system leaves hungry will struggle less with equity than those whom our present system leaves well-fed. And those who, who our system causes to weep will struggle less than those our system causes to laugh. And those who are hated for challenging our, our status quo, who are mislabeled and slandered and deemed as dangerous, they're going to struggle less uh, than those who are, are, are spoken well of uh, by those privileged in our present system. So make no doubt about it. Jesus loved those on both sides in the stories. Yet Jesus is seeking to help them both, help both sides reclaim their humanity. And that looks very different depending on which side of dehumanizing oppression you're on. Jesus preached about a just future for both sides, one where oppression, violence, and injustice are put right. But if you're benefited by oppression, benefited by violence, benefited by injustice, you don't see initially how this is also in your favor. It's the reclaiming of your humanity to forsake that and leave that behind. Jesus 
also modeled that uh, not just as a, a just future, but he modeled that for, for right now. This work can only be done today by standing with the oppressed, by calling oppressors to rethink our present system and, and take their place alongside those who daily face oppression in our work of shaping, reshaping our, our, our society. The, the Jesus stories repeat this theme over and over. In Luke, the father of the prodigal son deeply loved the older brother. He wanted to help the older brother find his humanity toward his younger brother just as much as he rejoiced at the younger brother's return. And even while the older brother feels like the celebration of his sibling is unjust, their father maintains solidarity with that younger brother and pleads with his older son to, to, to embrace his brother as well. In other words, the father's not going to change who he is to accommodate the older brother's warped view of justice. The, the older brother is going to have to change to stand alongside his father, and, and he'll have to embrace his younger brother if he's to come in from the outer darkness that night. To, to see Jesus as one who takes the side of the oppressed is vital if we're to follow Jesus in shaping a more just reiteration of our present world. And remember, Rome claimed that the gods were on their side. Herod claimed that God had chosen him as the Messiah and rightful king of Israel. Caiaphas and the elite claimed God was on their side. Yet for the early Christians, the divine was not found standing with any of these in any of the narratives. The resurrection event is the part of the story that helps us transist to a, a world where God is actually on the sides of those who are being shamefully suspended between heaven and earth at the hands of, of unjust, oppressive powers. And, and, and the Jesus story is all about taking sides. It's about a path for those on both sides of oppression to take hold of or to reclaim their humanity. It's the story of a Jesus who stood in solidarity with, with all who find themselves on a cross at the hands of unjust systems. And as Jesus stood in solidarity with the oppressed, with the marginalized and the disadvantaged, uh, that calls into question the religious views of oppressors who say that God is instead on their side. A well-meaning response to this is to say that God doesn't take sides. And I get that. When people say, well, well, God loves both, God doesn't take a side, half of that is right. God does love both. But in the face of oppression, this doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go anywhere near as far as Jesus goes in the story. The Jesus story repeatedly calls us to choose a side, to change systemic oppression Every time, we must stand in solidarity with the oppressed, demanding oppressors regain their own humanity in the face of, of the harm that they're doing. And if Jesus took sides, then Jesus' followers who live in privileged social locations, we have to pick a side too. If Christianity doesn't offer a better God than the one who has always stood in solidarity with oppression, it's not life-giving. But, but death dealing. And Jesus said it best, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. God's just future, the justice that so many are socially, religiously, and economically, politically, or even ecologically are hungering and thirsting for is not retributive. It's not punitive. God's just future is revealed through Jesus. Uh, 
is one where the humanity of everyone is restored. And those who hunger and thirst for justice, they are filled. And depending on your social location, first or last, this is good news. This is gospel. Uh, I'm reminded of the words in Psalm 76, 8 through 9. From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still when God rose up to establish justice and to save all the oppressed of the earth. Heart group application this week, we at Renewed Heart Ministries are continuing to ask all of our heart groups uh, not to meet together physically at this time. Uh, COVID numbers are setting records every day. Please stay virtually connected. Remember to practice your, your physical distancing when you go out. Keep that six-foot distance between you and others. Wear a mask. Uh, continue to wash your hands. Uh, it's been shown we can stop the spread of the virus if we know if we do what we know to do and this is also a time remember even though you're not meeting physically as a heart group maybe you're meeting virtually this is also a time where we can practice the the resource sharing and the mutual aid found in the gospels make sure that others in your group are, have what they need that they're taken care of and, and and work together prioritizing those who are most vulnerable uh, uh, within your group heart group application this week number one share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group number two living in solidarity with those who daily face oppression, that takes an intentional choice. Share an experience of where you chose to stand in solidarity with someone who is facing injustice. What communities in our present society are in need of our solidarity today? And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, and just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.